This your boy Savon checking in from the Living Room Podcast, and I got a brand new episode for y'all, the people, for the culture. And I just got back to my living room because I took a vacation and, and stepped out, you know what I'm saying, in the heat of a pandemic. Who knew these numbers was going to spike back up, man? But I got to enjoy myself down there in Miami, 305 Dade County, represent. I, I, I appreciate the much love that y'all showed me down there for rolling loud. You know, um, it was crazy. It was mayhem. It was madness. I felt like I was the only one down there with a mask on. It was just crazy, man. Florida, Florida, we stay wildin', man. It, it's, it's different, you know. But uh, I'm back in my living room, and I got to chop it up with a super producer, Helen, right out of Atlanta, a true ATLian at heart. And he goes by the name of Mr. Hanky, man. If y'all don't know him, y'all need to get familiar with him because he got he has hit records, man. He produced Lil Duval Smile. He produced City Girls Twerkalator, DJ Luke Nasty on the way. And he has a new artist that's on the charts right now by the name of Kissy Lee. So y'all check in and see what we had to talk about, alright? Now checking in with the Living Room Podcast. I got the producer, Mr. Hanky, checking in with me here from Atlanta, man. You know, what's happening? What's going on with you, brother? What's happening, man? Just, you know, getting it going out here in these streets, ripping and running in these studios. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. And I see you grinding, man. You got you got a billboard charting hit right now, man. How it feel? I got two on um, actually. I got uh City Girls and I got um um Kissy Lee going crazy with the Sheesh record. So yeah, it's feeling okay, good. So man. It, it made Billboard the joint with a uh, light skin Keisha. Yeah, right? it's going up. It's going up. It's going up on radio too. It's like uh in the forties by then being top forty in a minute. That's what's up, man. Cause um like you was right on time. Um, with that with that summer joint with, with the City Girls with the Twerkalator joint, man, that joint is blowing up, and they just performed at the BET Awards, and like, you you you're no stranger to dropping these hits, man. Like, can you tell me how you got into the whole music scene and producing? Yeah, I used to be a DJ, man, but uh, like I said, the City Girls record, man, that thing is about two years old. It just finally was able to come out officially uh, over the last month or so. Um, so. Um, and initially got denied to come out because of the sample clearance. Uh, but we got that straight and we out, we out of here. So I've been doing this for a minute, man. Uh, it started off basically with the, um, it started with, hold on, my bad, I had a call coming. But anyway, it started off with the, um, with the, um, me DJing at one time. So from DJing, I just knew what people wanted to hear and I went from there. Yeah, because like a cool person who I had the opportunity to interview as well, Mr. Collie Park, you worked with him in the past mm-hmm. and everything. So how was your relationship with Collie Park? It was cool, man. Like um, he's just doing this thing right now. He's doing a deep, lot of DJing and stuff. But uh, we started off, like I said, when he first signed Soldier Boy, Hurricane Chris and everything. So everybody kind of doing their thing, but everything's cool, man. We just everybody growing in their own, you know, in their own light right now. Yeah, and so how was that experience like? Because I know um, Atlanta's big but small at the same time, musically. And so with all you all grinding and and working together and being able to be around for that era, Soulja Boy, it changed music. Um, Mm -hmm. How was it with that experience of being able to work with them close, you know, closely in the studio and bumping out hits? I mean, I was there, man. I was there with everything with Soulja Boy. He said he did first. I seen it. He really did. He, he did all everything he said he did first. He did it, you know, and I was there to see it. But that experience was valuable, man. Like to the point I've learned, you know, it taught me how to 
take an artist from A to Z, you know, from just, you know, from, from having nothing to knowing how to work a record. Like I really saw everything from A to Z. And of course a lot has changed since then. The game has changed tremendously. How you go about doing things have changed tremendously, but uh, ultimately it's still the same thing when you want those same results, you feel me? So uh, like I said, that's the homie, him, Derek, uh, the whole staff over there at College Park Music. Uh, that's that's for life right there. So, you know, uh, and you know what was dope? You know, early on when I first started with them, you know, I was like, man, I'm ready to be here. I'm ready to be there. I wasn't ready for this shit where I'm at now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, and they, they always told me, you know, just like, you know, just keep doing you keep, you know, keep just learn, you know, just really learn the different aspects of the game. And I think a lot of producers and, and young execs make that big mistake because, you know, they so hungry to get on. I want to be on. I want to be on. I want to be popping. I want to be popping. And they don't understand, man. It's like a whole different science to it. Like, you know, you don't you don't really know the business like you think you do. You know, you might be talented. You might make some dope beats, some dope songs, but you really don't know shit. You know what I'm saying? So until you really get out here and start doing stuff, you be like, damn, I ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? So. That's where that's why I say this it's it's valuable, you know. Um it's it's priceless almost the, the stuff I learned between him, the lawyer and all that, my uh, my attorney Carl uh, Washington and the whole team. So yeah, it was it was amazing. Dope, dope. Yeah, because like that era of music that he helped usher in, man, it's still music we remember today. But you're no stranger to the industry, you're no stranger to music. How does it feel with um, throughout the years now, you ushering in this this new wave of what you have going individually. Oh, man, it's crazy. Um, you know, just to hear people say stuff like that is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and it's a realization, you know, I was fighting it for a long time. I was like, man, they ain't really doing that much. And I was like, damn, I thought about it. I said, dang, I've been doing a lot lately. So it's, um, it's one of those things like, man, you just got to, you know, you got to own it, enjoy it, but more importantly, you got to take responsibility for it too. You know, and what I say about that is part of it is a big thing, a big thing I'm on um, as far as like the artists I deal with is educating them as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be the only person on the team to know everything and know everybody. That's a weak team. You know what I'm saying? So I rather everybody around me from the artist on to you know, be educated as well. Um, Cause they might catch some stuff that I don't see, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Cause I'm doing a lot. I got a lot of stuff going on. So uh, the more we all know, the better off everybody will be. And we won't have no unsung stories, you know, all these horror stories what people didn't know. So what they ain't know. And that's, that's, it's a real thing. Like it really, that's how it happens. You know, one person knows everything and everybody else is kind of like, don't know anything so they just going along with whatever yeah yeah most definitely is it is important especially when when music a lot of these young artists want the claim they want the fame they want the they want to be able to be the number one in there in that top category but a lot of them get caught up in the business side of things and it kind of like it affects their craft a little bit so yeah knowing the business is definitely important one thing that i do appreciate about your production style is it's it it gives a timeless feel to it because when we, when we hear records like smile for Lil Duval, that's still being played today. Um, right. at, 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 uh, at, 
NFL games. And, you know, I'm from Jacksonville. I'm here in Jacksonville right now. That's where I'm from. So when oh, that yeah, came so out, it yeah, they playing it at, at, at Jaguar games. These these bands are playing it. And it's just like, I don't see that song going away anytime soon. And nah. so you you have the tendency from what I'm seeing from the records that you're making is it's channeling um those great records and those samples and putting together with the new feel of now and just giving that feel good music. Um, we have when you have Twerkalator here, we remember that uh from Planet Rock. Right. Um, another one that is just like in that time it was that was the that was a joint. It was breakdance, so it was like everything, and now we hear it now. You so you know, flipped it with the city girls and giving the flavor to that. It's like it's amazing when we get to hear it now sonically. You know, right. so what what made you choose that being your, your thing? You know, I, I feel like every producer should have their thing, their MO, their own sound. I hate hearing uh, music that sounds all alike. I like, mm-hmm. I can appreciate when you guys are taking and stamping and, and doing things your way. What made you go that route? I mean, you just hit it on the head, man. I really just got tired of, um, you know, like you get in the studio with an artist from a label or as an independent artist and they, they'll literally come to you and say, Hey man, I want something just like this person or I, you know, whatever the hottest song is right now, I want something just like that. And it just got boring. You know what I'm saying? So uh, what happened was I was working with Lil Chucky from Young Money mm. at the time. This is like 2013. And I did the song called The Walk where I took this little Richard sample and made, you know, they just want to do a twerk record. I ain't just want to do just the usual stuff. I wanted to be somewhat creative. And so I took the little Richard sample and chopped it up. And uh people loved it. You know, it didn't go, it didn't go like we thought it was gonna go. It didn't blow up like we thought it would, but it definitely had its stamp in the culture. And uh from there, um, I started working with um, I still had to walk around the club for care about the song, yeah. going crazy. And um I linked up with Colonel Loud through a publicist that I was working with at the time, and she represented both of us. And uh, he was doing, you know, trap music, the typical trap music, you know, this and that third, I do this, I do that. And um, i never forget when I did the beat for California, I initially did it with like Jeezy and uh, K. Michelle singing the hook type vibe and, or Boosie or K. Michelle type vibe, you know, just that kind of hood ghetto anthem that just felt good, but it was still hard. And um Initially, it was a love song type, you know, a relationship song. I mean, it it quickly, it quickly, it quickly turned into uh, um, what it turned into a love song about California and the product, the main product of California. Yeah. You feel me? <laughs> so the the dope thing about that record is when I was DJing, I used to uh, guest DJ at a club here called Marks in downtown Jacksonville. It don't exist no more. But I remember dropping that record and like everybody got their two-step going. It was a vibe. Like that record was a vibe. Um, and um, it's cool to know that you're the one behind it because for the longest, I never knew who produced the record. Um, I just know it sounded good, you know? Right. So <laughs> that was one of the joints that I did drop um, when it would be like, I'm getting them getting them right before you know that last hour and everything and so um i did i I did like that record another record that i i really like that you um that you have going right now is the the other one that's charting right now with um light skin keisha with kissy lee right Mm -hmm. um i like the vibe that's going too it um 
and light skin Keisha give me so much Atlanta vibes, man. I remember um, a few years ago I checked her out um, at this new club that opened there, man, and, and she she was there live, and her vibe is is grown and everything. So to have her on the record, um, it kind of just icing on the cake. I, I like what you got going there. And until you told me, I didn't know it was charting. I didn't know it had reached that. So that's that's another big thing, man. That's dope. Uh, I know that you work with Kali Park. I know um, you got your start um, from DJing and everything, but I, I also see that she was a part of the Human Jukebox at Southern. Yes. And see, that's dope to me because I attended the HBCU and graduated from HBCU too. I went to FAMU. Okay. And we got the March of 100. So, I think I heard it on too. Oh, you think <laughs> you're going to do I us like that? <laughs> So, and you know, we see y'all. I mean, we in a swack now. But, um, you know. You know you know what swack that, means, right? You said what now? You know what swack stands for, right? What does it stand for? Southern wins another championship. Hey, man, I tell you what. <laughs> Rattler's going to see this. <laughs> oh, I, 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 want, I want the peas and carrots community to see you this. You want all the smoke? <laughs> I want all the smoke with the peas and carrots community. I fuck with y'all though. Y'all cool. I, I I like fam, you know. I, I'm glad that y'all came over, and I, I think it makes sense um, more than anything um, because geographically, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Y'all are what an hour and a half from Mobile, you know, like and the, the Miac is all up and down the East Coast, the Delaware, Morgan State. That's just a, Virginia. That's a long way travel wise, man. Yeah. And you know, you know what? Like I was telling Collie Park, that that record, that walk around the club, fuck everybody, like that's still something they play in Tallahassee. Like every homecoming, every freshman <laughs> welcome week. I remember when I was a freshman, they brought them to perform at Gaither in our gym. Um, at the time to perform that song, everybody went crazy. So that's still an anthem. Like, right? Yeah. So y'all, y'all been behind records. You've been behind records. Um, Collie Parker's been behind records that are that are still like, it's, it's we call it the HBCU playlist. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's gonna get played. We know that when Dip put it on uh, in Tallahassee, it's gonna get played. Like you guys you know are behind a, them records that keep going. Hey man, you know it's a function when Dip stamp it. When Dip play it, yeah, Dip week and all that stuff, it's out of here. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you know, hearing those records then. We still hear, we still hear uh, Soldier Boy Don't. We still hear that there. Like, so going back for homecoming, that's the thing, you know. And I was telling my little sister because she's now about to attend FAMU. Um, okay. And I was like, you're going to hear those records still. Like, that's not going away. <laughs> it's it's right. in the culture, it's embedded. Um, I know that you, you, you have the City Girls record, you got the Kiss Lee record, but you also had another billboard that was at a billboard uh, hit that was number one with the little Duval Smile record. Um, like I said, we know like it took off like wildfire. How was that experience working with him? Oh uh, man, like that's that's the homie too, man. Like it was it was so natural, you know what I'm saying? Like we weren't even going in there to do none of that. We literally came in there just to do a um intro for another record with the homie Bebe out of Dallas, who used to work with us with uh Hurricane Chris. Mm-hmm. And um uh, we came in to do an intro for Bebe's record, and literally while we was in there. You know, just chilling. I had the whole studio for about another two, three hours. I was like, man, you, you want to do a song for that? Because he just did the skit in the um, studio. You know, I think he was doing like every Friday, you know, just saying, smile, bitch, smile, bitch, come on. And um, he had just did it in the studio. 
And uh, I was like, man, you got a song? He's like, nah, I need one. I pulled up the beat and um, it just went crazy. Um, and I, like I said, the, the cool thing about it, like I said it was natural. I, I literally was thinking like, okay, this gonna be a cool little Instagram. You know, some people throw on the ground real quick. It's gonna be funny for a week or two. And uh, cause at this point there was no living my best life. There was no Snoop on it. It was just a track and he was saying smile bitch for four minutes straight. So um, there was no ball grease and nothing on it. So I was like, okay, cool. And uh, we shot it to, I got the session and kind of formatted it into some kind of a song format. And we shot it to Snoop, uh, took about a week and a half. Snoop sent something back like on the Saturday morning, Friday morning. And um, that was it. It was just, uh, he sent it back and it sounded crazy. Like he filled in the hook. Then he put that, that, that verse on top of it and it was yeah. out of here. And um, at that point, I heard it in the studio. We was at Patrick, I never forget it. I went to the bathroom, came back and Duval was in the middle of the floor singing to himself, I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with you niggas. And I said, hold on, what's that? It was like, oh man, that's just how I feel, man. That just that's my that's my mantra. I was like, nigga, that would that's what we need to put that in the song. He's like, okay, cool, cool, no problem. He went in there, knocked it out, and the rest was history. Um, and then he FaceTimed Ball Greasy. It was so funny. He played it for Ball Greasy on FaceTime, and Ball was like, yo, I'm about to pull over right now and do my verse. And I promise you, this dude, I don't know where he was, but this dude. Pulled over, dropped this verse, and sent the session back like in five, seven minutes. It was crazy. And so, you know, you work with a lot of artists, and working with Lil Duval, being that he's a comedian, it's not the conventional way that producers would think they'll get hits these days. But now, it's no formula for this. It's an open book to to just go at it the way you the way you gonna go at it. Did you think that that was gonna peak as high as it was or blow up the way it, the way it did? Yeah, honestly, and that's why I say, that's where my days at College Park uh, uh, came in to, to kick in because, you know, Soldier Boy wasn't the conventional, art, conventional right. artist. You know, it was so many people that laughed at the whole situation. That's like, oh my God, she's not real. It's not this, it's not that. What is YouTube? What is MySpace? What is what is all this stuff? And now it's the standard. You can't you can't even be you can't own any kind of business without having social media. Thanks. You see what I'm saying? You can't do anything without YouTube. Now they doing YouTube is its own entity now. You know if if Soldier Boy didn't do it, somebody else is going to do it. But I feel he he jumped off a lot of stuff like that. So me being around during those days, Collar Park days. Uh, with Soldier Boy, like I said, when they, I'll never forget, next time you talk to Smurf, uh, Collar Park, you know, he'll tell you, like, when we first signed, when I first signed there, I remember he brought his laptop out and he pulled up MySpace. He was like, man, this is who I'm signing. And the first record he played was that Y'all Bitch Y'all record, right? And I remember I was on the floor laughing. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Who is this? What is this? Who is this? And uh, it just, He's like, nah, he said, this this is it, this is it. So me just seeing that made me open mind to like, yo, if you got a dog out here that can that can rap and sing and and people like it, go with it. Yeah, that, that record is universal. Like, 
older people like it, younger people like it. Um, shoot, we had people who we never thought we would see on social media going viral with dancing to it or playing to it in the background and stuff like that. It, man, it, Oprah. Yeah, man. Uh, Will Smith. And Will Smith, shout out to Will Smith. Will Smith and his whole family going crazy with Twerky Later right now. They done made three, four videos to it. It's crazy. Yeah, because that's another one that's like, that was spreading before I even, even before I heard the record uh, fully, I was seeing it on social media, hearing it on social media, TikTok and stuff like that. So like, man, it's just, it's a it's a totally different uh, evolving game right now, you know, with social media and how it came from. And, you know, you know, what's crazy, too. Yeah. The, the craziest thing what I'm going through with with uh, with Turculator is um, this. You you, you got to keep in mind, like this record, it got leaked on the, the album, got leaked almost a year and a half ago. Right. Um, but two years well, we, we worked on the record. The record is over two years old, um, but it was supposed to come out on the last album. It didn't make the album because we couldn't get it cleared in time or whatever. And the album got leaked. Okay, so you you you're dealing with a record that was moving, that wasn't even out. It wasn't on YouTube. It wasn't on Apple Music, Spotify. It became the number one record on TikTok, and it wasn't even out. Amazing. Crazy. Amazing. And once it hit the internet, it takes off. It, it takes and, off. And what was intriguing to me was like. I couldn't even, I mean, I, of course I had the record, but I was literally trying to find where they were fi finding it from. And I still, to this day, do not know where they was finding it from, but it was circulating to the, the number one uh, influence on TikTok. She did a video to it, went crazy. So, you know, that just goes to show you a lot of times, you know, like I try to tell artists and, and labels and stuff all the time, all these marketing schemes and all that stuff that everybody has and these rules and you got to do this and you got to do that. Only thing you really got to do is make a hit record that people like, you know what I'm saying? Like all you got to do is make something people really like, they really fuck with, they really vibe with, and it'll it, it kind of take off on its own. And this is what, this is a prime example of it. Yeah, word, because like the trying to calculate, and that was one thing that was like, real hard for me when I was doing music. It's like, I was trying to trying to figure it out. You know, the internet growing, whatever, you trying to figure it out. Like, um, what would the people like? What What's going to be out there and grab it? Like, this stuff is, like, being an artist, I could see, um, I could respect the newer artists because now they just want to just put the music out there. And if it fails, I'll keep on going to something catches, keep me going to something catches. So now it's so much music in circulation um, it just gives the consumer just whatever they need um, for whatever type of vibe. If they don't like this one, they may like this one, this next one. So it's like, it's, it's a different game. And it's um, at first it was like kind of frustrating for me as an artist standpoint at the time, because I felt like it was a lot of uh, oversaturation and a lot of um, lack of originality. But then when you think about it, it's going to be oversaturation on anything you do because you're not going to be the only one. It's not about how many people are doing it. It's about who, 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 who could do it and do it well. Um, because a lot of these and records are not the most lyrical records and what they consider traditional hip hop, whatever. It just got to feel good to people. Once it feel good to people when they catch that audience, 
I mean, it goes from there. And so that's something I had to learn. But now I'm, I'm not even focused on being an artist, man. I'm like, I just I just well, like contributing hip hop, contributing to well, hip hop. I love hip hop. And I'm gonna tell you something else too, where people don't realize is like when I first started, um, when I first got in the game, you used to have to, um, you know, to record a song, you had to go to a real studio. Facts. Okay. If you wanted to rap, you had to go pay a real producer. You had to, it was so much more expensive because the technology hadn't, it wasn't accessible to everybody. Okay. So now, you can go to YouTube, all these different places. You can go get you a beat for free or whatever, or you can just make something up on your own on, on what's Fruity Loops or whatever program you want to use. Record it on your little um, Walmart um, laptop or whatever device you got. I mean, I've seen kids now record songs on their iPhone. You know, they got programs where you can do that now. So um, you're going to see a lot more artists or people trying to do music yeah. there are a lot of there are not a lot of artists out there are a lot of people doing music you know i hear that all the time you know especially on the female side um you know if it's a halfway attractive woman and you know she can hold a note or she can halfway speak in rhythm they're trying to make her artists you know what I'm saying? Yeah. so yeah it's like a new it's, resurgence of it now um it's, from, the, from the female artist standpoint as rapping which yeah, some, I've heard some dope female rappers and then some of them is just like how it was a resurgence of uh, younger artists that was just trying to get that that uh, internet fame at one point. Everybody wanted mm -hmm. to go viral. So it's kind of like, mm -hmm. it's, it's a crazy game right now. Um, I do hear a lot of new music that I like from artists. And um, yeah, it's just like, I guess people just have to get in where they fit in. I'm now starting to see that. Well, I caught this a few years ago, even with DJing. Because um, you know, you guys, you guys are dope. You guys know how to work with vinyl. Y'all, y'all know y'all way around real DJ stuff. But you know, now you know there's a Serato and you can have a laptop and get you a, you know, a DJ controller and it changed the game. Because see me, um, I don't know how to work all that real stuff like y'all because I never had it in my possession. But if right. I get it, I could do it. But right now I work with the DJ controllers, I work with, with Serato, I try to learn the craft of everything that I'm doing when I DJ, right? And right. I know for a long time, it was a debate with certain DJs if they were considered real DJs, if they relied on Serato and the DJ controller. And then one of the dopest DJs told me, hey, I worked off that start, the, the real, what you consider real DJ equipment, starting off cutting those records and the vinyls and the needles breaking, and you have to have another one. And I like DJ controllers more because now it's more convenient when I go do all these multiple gigs on one thing. So I guess it's now a preference thing. But early on, People had feelings about DJ, how, how easy it was for people to get into DJing. With you being a mm -hmm. DJ, how did you see that with the game changing from digital and everything? I mean, like, to me, it don't even matter because at the end of the day, when you're in the party, ain't nobody in the, ain't nobody turned around and said, oh, oh, he ain't using real D, he ain't using the real turntable. Right, I ain't right. Go, them girls say, I ain't gonna shake my ass because he ain't using a real turntable, you know. Right. Or a twerkulator come on, or oh, uh, oh, he used a Serato. <sighs> nah, I, I ain't mess with him. Like right. the consumer, people that understand the consumer don't care about none of that. They don't care about what you DJ on. They don't care about what you make your beats on. All, if they like it, they like it. You feel me? And that's all they really care about. Yeah, and it like 
the the debates used to seem kind of silly to me of who's a DJ and who's not a real DJ based off using that type of stuff. And you know, when talking to you all that that really been DJing for a long time, I always ask for you guys' opinion on it because you guys do both. You guys, you I mean, know. I'm gonna tell you, I I'm I'm happy for it because, like you said, when you come from when I was in Louisiana and and when like this is like oh two oh three oh four oh five like you know walking in there with two big old Technique 1200s you gotta have six seven eight crates of records um you gotta you know that's man that's a lot and like you said the needle break uh if it's hot in there uh the records might warp I mean sweating in the I mean there's just a lot of things that can go wrong with the traditional setup um, if the conditions aren't up to par. And, you know, like, you know, especially in college, man, you know, those parties be jam-packed, sweat. I mean, people yeah. standing on top of the equipment. They they drinking Omega oil and, and, and Alpha Punch flying everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just a lot that can go wrong with the traditional stuff. So the technology, I love it. I, I, I figured if I could show up with a controller and a laptop, yeah, on, I, I, I love it too. The convenience of it yeah. is dope, but I always want to know how to do both just because my skill, I always hone in and want to be the best at what I do. So, but I do love the convenience of being able to use a troll and everything. You did. Yeah, I mean, um, the, 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 and then the things you can do with the technology, the effects you can add, the looping and all that other stuff. Like, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like to try to do that manually, like you literally would have to have both records and time it perfectly in the middle of the party and somebody's asking you, hey, can you play my song? Can you play this song? Play that song? Play that song? You know, so it makes, it just makes everything that much easier, much better. And the dopest thing too is Serato is the best thing that I feel like is a lifesaver is them partnering with Tidal. So that was a lifesaver too. Um, saved a lot of people's hard drives. <laughs> I right. would say that. Um, All right. Then on, top of, then on top of that, it's like, then on top of that, it's like, say, you know, like even with the CDs, when the CD uh, wave came in, you know, um, it's dope now because like even if you don't have a song right now, you know, somebody come request a song or whatnot, you don't have it. You can literally just go type it up. Oh, this is song you're talking about? Okay, cool. Boom. Yep. Yep. So it, it was a lifesaver and it changed the game. I, I know you did notice that uh, that you did bring up that Torquilator was two years old, but those clearance issues. Being that you have sampled a lot of great records, is that something that's a usual thing that you go through? How does how does the the clearing these samples work um, for you when producing these records? Well, it's not it's not as complicated as people think it is, and um, it's not as as bad as you think it is. Like it's no different than I look at it like a collaboration. You know what I'm saying? Because ultimately, that's what it is. And I, it's funny when I hear people, I see a lot of people talking down on it. They be like, oh, don't sample this, this, and that, and this, this, and the third. You're not going to get that much money. Well, you're going to have to split the publishing. But it's like, well, I look at these songs now, these guys be doing it. It's three, four producers on them. They got 20 different writers. So I'd rather, if I have to split the money with somebody, I rather split it with the the legend and get the full value of this. I get their fan base, my fan base, their fan base, and we create timeless music. They make money. Now I got a relationship with them. You know, it's just it's different, but it's not hard. Um, 
And I think the biggest thing with people make it hard is you got a lot of managers who don't know what they're doing. You got a lot of labels who don't know what they're doing. They have companies out there that clear samples for people. Okay. And it's not expensive. It's just, it costs just as much to clear a sample as it does to buy a section in the club, to pop bottles in the club, you know? And I think that's the irony of it. You know, I hear people who walk around and brag about spending $3,000 on an outfit or this net on the chain. And then they say, oh, but I ain't mess with that sample. I ain't trying to, oh, I ain't trying to do that. That's like, what? So you don't want to, you don't want to invest in something that can make you money, but you rather do this and that a third to, to spend money. But it's not hard at all. They have, they have um, companies that literally clear the sample for you. It's a simple email. They're fast and effective. Uh, you send it in to them, send a song that you've done. Do this first before, do this first before you put the song out. Okay. That's very crucial. Okay. A lot of people say, they do, they, I hear this all the time. Well, let's just put it out, see what happens. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> You're not going to make a dime off of it. You're probably going to get sued. And all the show money you make from it, they're probably going to ask for that too. And they're probably going to just shut the whole thing down just to, you know, they don't have to approve it. Um, but you send it in to them. Uh, they find out who's really involved with it and who owns the masters to it. That's so crucial too. A lot of people like, you know, they might see a song and say, I'm gonna just holler at the artist, I know him. I know him, I know her. Nine times out of 10, if they sign to a major label, that label owns the rights to that, okay? So you talking to them is pointless, okay? You talk to the label, the people in charge who own it, and then they talk to the artist and say, hey, this is what we have in line. This is what you're gonna get. Um, and this is, what, this is what's going on, do you agree to it? who's going to turn down free money it's free money for them um and in that way you have a clear path to make these things happen and it's it's, it's literally that simple man it's it's just like buying a section at the club it's not even that it's not even that expensive it's not even that complicated got it because like yeah we hear about the clearing mishaps i we even like you mentioned like unsung and stuff like that out People had those, the you know, the, the state of, you know, music artists that's not there. They come and get that money. If you didn't clear it and stuff like that, we've seen it on over and over again, people being sued for not clearing records. Um, and so knowing this information, this is brand new information to me. So you dropping gems right now because I always want to understand how the clearing gets through for certain records and how hard it is and everything. So. And it's not, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm telling you, it's not hard. Like this is the this is the thing most people and most artists and, and labels, you know, we live in this, the internet is a gift and a curse, okay? It makes us think that we can do everything on our own. Or I just search it, you search it on YouTube or I just Google who this and did it. Bro, yield to the professionals on this, okay? Pay the money, get out the way, okay? And that's what you gotta understand why like most artists mess up. You have to understand you're not Chris Brown. You're not this person. You're not that person yet. So you calling them Joe Blow from Jacksonville. You know what I'm saying? These people, they have no reason to take you serious. That's why, and you know, that's why you have an, an entertainment attorney. That's mm -hmm. why you have these companies to speak on your behalf that they already have a relationship with. You feel me? They already clear things with them all the time people know that they're serious 
So when they call or email on your behalf, you're automatically taken serious. Respect is automatically put on your name or if your attorney knows the people over there that owns the rights to this and then third, your situation is taken seriously at that point. And it's a level of respect than just having your homeboy manager kind of like, hey, bro, yeah, this, uh, you know, this so-and-so, you know, my artist, you know, he got this amount of followers. It's going up on TikTok, on YouTube. We got a challenge going on. We need you to clear. It's about to go crazy. They don't care about none of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They do real, real deal business. Not none of that. They don't care none about it. They don't care how many followers you got. If you're verified, it don't matter to them. Got it. Got it. Most definitely dropping gems. And I know there's artists that we mentioned that you work with um, through this conversation, but can you drop some other artists that you worked with um, in the past and uh, anything in the future you could probably put out there for the people? Oh, uh, yeah, most most definitely. I just did a uh, remix for uh, Summer Walker, White Tea. It's so, going crazy uh, right now. Uh, shout out to all the DJs playing that. I got a new record, my single coming out with Erica Banks featuring Ricky Coins, uh, featuring Erica Banks and Ricky Coins is actually my single. Mr. Hatry, Mr. Hanky featuring them called Nutty Twerk. That's coming out soon. Um, I got my EP dropping soon. I got a record with Randy Rucci coming out soon. Um, you name it. I'm working with everybody. I got another City Girl Smash coming up soon at this, the state of Florida. Let me tell you something. The state of Florida, the state of the United States of America, y'all thought Twerculator was big. This new record I got with them, insane. It's a, it's a real vibe. It's a, it's a vibe. Yeah, because I, I like the City Girls, man. And I, I love Erica Banks' music, man, just because um I did a mix uh like a couple years ago. And it was like a little bit before Busset took off on the internet. And I, mm -hmm. I had it. It was one of my DJ pools. And I played it. And I always knew that that song was going to blow up. And the way it did, it blew up bigger than what I thought it would be. I knew it was going to be up there, but I didn't think it was going to take off as fast. But, like, I support her music. And she's really dope to me. And, um... There's a lot of dope female artists out there, and she's she's one of them to me. So to hear that you guys got new stuff coming and City Girls got new stuff coming, that's dope. Uh, how was it working with Gucci? You got records with Gucci, don't you? Yeah, I went to school with Gucci though. I've been on, oh, I've been okay. on Gucci since uh, elementary. We went to Sky Haven together, Matt and our junior, Matt and our senior. So um, I did a couple of records with him and Soldier. Uh, when Soldier first started off, a record with him called Shopping Spree with him, uh, Soldier and Gotti. Uh, a couple of other ones uh, called uh, Wanna Baller. Um, and that was probably one of the first records I heard Nicki Minaj on. It was Gucci, Soldier Boy, Chingy, and uh, Nicki Minaj. So, yeah, yeah, that's the homie, though. So, um, like I said, born and raised here, man. So, like I said, Sky Haven Elementary, Matt Nutt Jr., Matt Nutt Sr. Real Atlanta. Radrick, Radrick Davis. Yeah, I know. Yeah, man, that, that's fire, man. One thing I love yeah, about visiting... One, th one thing I love about visiting Atlanta, man, it's always love. It's always love. Um, I went up there, I think it was March or whatever, I, I was doing media for um, Zab Judah Celebrity Boxing thing up there that he had going. And it was just nothing but love, man. It was like... Uh, Every time I go up there, is love. There's always people that's willing to, if they don't know somebody, they'll connect you to somebody who knows somebody about, you know, working and, and helping out and everything. So it's always love y'all way, and I appreciate y'all. 
for real. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's how we rock it, man. It ain't, you know, we get it. We've been getting it for a minute. That's why we've been where we've been in the culture for so long, almost going on 30 plus years now. Um, you know, I understand, we understand the concept of you win, we all win. You know what I'm saying? Nice. And I, I really wish um, it was like that in other cities and other states, because it's like, you know, other states tried and one person gets popping and he get killed or whatever. And it's just, it's bad. Or you go to jail, you know, like, I think that's the biggest thing I try to instill into the younger generation that's popping out like, bro, you ain't doing all this shit to go sit in jail. That don't even make sense. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we try to, you know, show that love and, and that continuity throughout the culture. Thanks. Appreciate it. Anything else you want to put out there for the people, man? Anything that uh, man, that's it. you want to know? Yeah, man. I can't really, I don't like to speak on a lot of that stuff, man, because a lot of times, you know, you speak on it, it don't ever come out. So <laughs> I remember when I, I was telling everybody about Twerculator two years ago. I got a song called Twerculator. It took two years for it to come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, now, nah, but I do, I, like I said, I got a bunch of new, huge singles coming out soon, man. Like um, a lot of new singles, uh, even with some with Tory Lanez and Jacquees. So that's another smash, you know, hopefully that comes out this summer, but if not, you know, we'll, we'll hold on to it for another summer and uh, go crazy, but it's a timeless record, timeless record. And you, you mentioned that you have your own, your own single that's going to drop. You dropping an album? Yeah, I'm dropping the, I'm dropping the whole everything, man. I'm dropping the, um, I'm dropping the EP. I got a couple of singles with a lot of people coming out. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to drop an EP with a, nothing but hits on it. Nothing but hits. I'm looking forward to all this new music, man. I like it. I'm liking what I'm hearing. I appreciate you. You can tell the people how to follow you on social media. Yeah, man. Y'all can follow me at, at a Mr. Hanky Beat. A Mr. Hanky Beat. A-M-R-H-A-N-K-Y. B-E-A-T on all platforms. Uh, hit me up in the DMs. You're trying to work. Uh, just make sure you got your budget together. And we can make a hit with anybody. Let's get it. All right, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah. On a serious note, uh, I want to say prayers for anybody who lost any loved ones during the pandemic. These COVID numbers are spiking back up. And Florida, we're really the epicenter of it right now. So I need everybody to just be responsible. If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But when you step out here in this public, make sure you're protecting yourself and, and protecting the people, man. Because... We all want to get through this. People want to go home to their families. I know you want to go home to your families, and we want to live. Let's live together, all right? So let's be let's be um, considerate of others, and let's make sure we're doing the right thing out here and protecting ourselves, all right? So much love to y'all and blessings to y'all. Another one in the books. I appreciate y'all for checking in with me here at the Living Room Podcast, man. It means a lot. If y'all new, make sure y'all go back and listen to my old work. You know, listen to my my uh my most recent interviews, my older interviews, man. I done talked to legends, man. I'm gonna keep the content coming for y'all, the people, for the culture. Make sure y'all follow me on IG. That's at J A S H A A D nine zero four. Let's keep this ball moving, man. I'm back in my living room, so you know I'm gonna keep it coming for y'all. And just remember, before you come in the living room, take your shoes off. <laughs>